folks. Welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to discuss this Denver Nuggets win as the Nuggets defeat the Charlotte Hornets. Final score, 119-115. Lots of good things to talk about. We'll get into the Reggie Jackson stuff in just a little bit here, but I wanted to make sure that everybody had an opportunity to take into the fact that Denver, they actually won a game here. They actually won a a road game, showed up in a big way, and that was a really, really big deal. I thought that this was a good sign for these Denver Nuggets that they were able to do this, that they were able to get it done, and I am excited to be able to talk about it. We've got Dom in here, just saw the news, let's go. Michael's in here, Reggie Jackson, Eddie's in here, Reggie Jackson, Thomas Bryan, Flacco, Bruce, Christian Brown are all backups. In Calvin, we trust, says Michael. There's a lot to love. There's a lot to really like about what's going on here. And I'll get to everything here as well. Joe says, legit signing right here. Todd says, Reggie. Uh, Matt's uh, Hurricane says, Matt, too busy at Montchalet. I love it. That's hilarious. Oh, man. It's great. No, we are excited to be able to cover that eventually. I'm going to get to that in the third segment. I do want to give the time of day. I know that everybody's hot. They're champing at the bit, champing at the bit, whatever you want to say, to be able to talk about Reggie Jackson. We'll get there. We'll get there. That's How do you, how do you think I tease these shows and get the live numbers so high, people? Come on now. So we will eventually get there, I promise. But we did have a game that, that I think is it's more important to be able to cover right now because Denver, they had been sliding for a little bit, right? They had been sliding, and it was nice to see them get a win. Nice to see Nikola Jokic really get, hop into his bag, take down uh, a Charlotte team, which uh, they're not good. I don't want to act like they're good. But when you have LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward playing the way that they were, it actually looked pretty good against against Denver. And, and Denver, obviously, they didn't bring the energy in the first half, especially kind of the first 18 minutes or so that you really needed in order to win this game. But it took a little bit, but it was good to see Nikola Jokic really show up and put the hurt into the Charlotte Hornets. It wasn't his most efficient performance, but thank the Lord that he was able to stay above that 50% field goal threshold That's a big deal because his streak is now at 43 games in a row. 43. That's bonkers. That is a crazy thing to say. Nikola Jokic is shooting like 64% from the field this year, and he's shooting 40, or no, he, he shot 43 times in a row. He's been above 50. The amount of consistency that you have to have in order to be able to do that is nuts. That is a crazy thing to accomplish. And what Jokic does on a nightly basis, just making guys look like fools mostly, is really, really impressive. And he wasn't at his best tonight. I don't think that he had his best stuff. I think he got blocked by Mark Mark Williams, the rookie for Charlotte a couple times. Nick Richards was very athletic. I think that they have – I mean, they've got a couple of guys. And then when uh, P.J. Washington's out there, Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier – those guys aren't bad defenders. I think that when they're all playing together and playing pretty well, usually it goes better. Uh, but I thought that Jokic did a really big MVP thing tonight. I thought that he was a really big, big deal. Uh, because when you don't have when you don't have Jamal Murray, when you don't have Aaron Gordon, 
You don't have Zeke Najee. Obviously, that's not a big deal for uh, the, the starters, but for the second unit, when you don't have those guys, it's important for your stars to step up. In the first half, uh, Michael Porter did not. He was he was 0 for 6. We'll get to him just a bit here. But I do think that Nikola Jokic, the guy that everybody knows has to step up, I think he did it in a real way. But it wasn't like – it wasn't his most efficient performance. I'm not going to act like it was. But he did just about everything the Nuggets needed him to do. Picked up a couple blocks in the first half. Shot efficiently in the second half. Uh, I thought he was productive and dominated the glass and made sure to get the Nuggets into the places where they needed to go. I thought set the table really well in the second half as well. Uh, Just really, really important for him to get to that place and got to the free throw line nine times. He didn't take a three, which I think honestly, when he gets to the line nine times, grabs 16 rebounds, that's how you know how locked in he is. That's how you know how good he's about to be. So it's really nice to be able to see that. It's really nice to see uh, him really step up because Denver have lost four road games in a row. And I'm happy that I, I just think that we're in a good position with, with Jokic and that that's going to always be a thing for Denver that, that when they kind of get into a little bit of a rut, Jokic has the capability to dig them out himself. So good stuff from the MVP tonight. Did a, did a good thing, plus 22 on the evening, 30 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists, his 20th triple-double of the season. I said this to my brother watching on the couch next to me. Uh, how funny would it be if he broke Russell Westbrook's triple-double record this year? Russell Westbrook has 42 triple-doubles, and that would mean that in the next 25 games, Jokic would have to get 23 triple-doubles. That's crazy. It's not going to happen. But if it did, if it did, it would be one of the most insane things I think we've ever seen in the NBA. So uh, he's still averaging a triple-double. That's a big deal. He is still on track, I think, to win MVP. Uh, I overreacted a couple weeks ago when I talked about the Embiid game. But ever since then, Embiid's had a couple mad performances, and Jokic has just kept rolling. So really good stuff. Michael Porter, let's talk about him. 0 for 6 in the first half. Looked pretty out of sorts after a game where he went 3 of 16 in the, from the field for the entire game against Orlando. I thought he looked out of sorts in both of those games, and or at least the first half tonight. And then he went to the rim in the second half tonight. He got to the rim, had that crazy dunk. He jumped off the wrong foot, dunked with his right hand while jumping off his right foot. And he looked very athletic, was very forceful. And it, you, you forget sometimes that the dude is 6'10" and used to be able to jump out of the gym. He can't really anymore, but I think it's starting to come back just a little bit. I think that's that's an exciting piece of this, where you have no idea what it's going to look like ultimately, but for now, I, th- I think they're in a good in a pretty good spot with him. He just, he's just got to stay healthy, man. Just got to keep building upon that. But it was nice to see, and I think there's some growth there, where he goes 0 of 6 from the field, doesn't get to the rim in that first half, in the second half, his first two uh, his first two baskets were at the rim. One of them was that dunk. The other was a crazy layup that he had, just kind of a, a scoop layup from a really awkward position, but he got it to go. And then he started hitting everything. Six of eight in the second half, including a couple threes, six rebounds, two assists, one steal. It was a plus 14 tonight. All of the starters were double-digit positives tonight. That's a great thing. You always love to see that. And... 
for me, I, I'm hard on Porter because I know how talented he is and I know how important it is that Denver has him step up in these situations. He's got to be able to do that. He has to consistently. And if he doesn't, then Denver's probably not going to win a title, for being honest. But Murray's capable of doing that, has shown that consistently. Jokic, obviously, we know what he can do. Gordon, we know what he can do. Porter doesn't have to do it often. But in the times where he needs to, he's got to do it. And he needed to against Orlando and didn't. That was a bad thing. And, and like, look, it, it was the trade deadline, weird circumstances for everybody. Everybody gets a pass for that, including Porter. But had he followed up that game with like a a two for 14 performance tonight, it would have been pretty ugly. And Denver might have lost. And if they did lose this game after losing to Orlando, people would be pretty upset. I would be pretty frustrated if I were his teammate. So, look, he's in a good spot. Didn't have a good game. Bounced back with a really good one, or at least a really good second half tonight. Thought his defense improved in the second half. He was giving some good contests to Gordon Hayward, who just flambéed everybody in that first half. So it was nice to see. I think he's in a good spot, and I'm just I'm, I'm very happy with where he's where he's going right now. I think John actually hits us on the head. MPJ was a little out of sorts after that bones trade. Yeah, man. Obviously, he was. Very much a, he was very much a Bones supporter. I think a lot of guys on the team were Bones supporters. There were no Bones detractors or anything like that, but tough choices had to be made. Uh, I think Mike, he just really respects what Bones' game is and how much of a bucket he is in general, how tough it is for to do some of the stuff that he does. And for that reason, Bones, it's very possible he becomes a star. He becomes a really high-quality starter and just really kills Denver in a couple of games here uh, really soon. I think that's absolutely a possibility. But what I do know is that MPJ, he has really been able to bounce back in a lot of these situations. And for him to be able to do that once again, that's a really, really encouraging thing. Uh, I, I liked what I've seen from MPJ. Just in general, his uh, resilience. I think is is back to where it needs to be to be a champion. It didn't used to be like that. He got punched a couple times, got into a really tough spot, and then kind of crumbled a little bit, especially in the playoffs a couple of years ago. So it's nice to see him bounce back. And I, I've liked what I've seen so far. We'll see if that continues. Like, still have to be tested in the playoffs. KCP started the game 2 of 9, finished the game 6 of 14. That to me, I obviously... Didn't make a three tonight, but I do think that he's in a good spot where, like, it doesn't matter if, like, everybody's in a good spot, by the way. I keep saying that because it's true. Everybody's in a pretty good position right now. But what I do think is that KCP might be a little bit frustrated about that three-point contest that uh, it sounded like what Mike Singer reported on this. And I think uh, other people on the ground have talked about how he has wanted to be in that three-point contest. And Obviously, going 0 for 4 is tough, and he's probably not going to get that invite uh, just because he – I think it's honestly more of a volume thing as opposed to a – as opposed to like a an actual efficiency kind of thing because if it was about efficiency, then he would be in already. The problem is it's about volume. It's about the guys that are taking the 30-footers off the dribble, the, the stars, the guys that get hot and shoot five threes and a quarter pretty consistently. That's tough, but like – 
KCP's role for Denver is to take the shots that are open and to convert them at a high rate and to play great defense. And he did that tonight. Like, that's what you have to do. And for him to be able to consistently do that night in and night out, I thought this last game against Orlando, it was perfectly fine. I didn't see any any problems with him. thought there were more issues with the uh, Jokic, Murray, Bruce Brown trio for talking about the starting lineup. But I do think that KCP, he's just one of those dudes that you never have to worry about, ever. He's going to execute. And if he doesn't, then you're like, oh, that was weird. But he'll execute the next time. So he's going to be great. He has continued to be great for this Nuggets team. One steal, two blocks, plus 11, even with him staggering with the, with the second unit. Tonight, he did that. I'll talk about that in the second segment. But really good stuff from him. Uh, even though you missed four threes, that means he made six out of ten from two. That's great. Bruce Brown, I haven't liked the way that he's point guarded lately. Uh, he had two turnovers tonight. He had uh, five assists tonight. I think he bounced back in the second half kind of like a lot of guys. But the first quarter for him in particular, I was not happy with. I thought that he performed actually pretty poorly. And that's fine. Like sometimes you have a bad quarter. Sometimes you have a bad half. I think his is kind of stretched on a little bit and it's kind of gone under the radar for the most part because Denver's been mostly good. But some of the decision making that Bruce Brown has made over the course of these last couple of weeks, I, I haven't been super enthused with, but sometimes he, he just hits shots and 14 points, six of nine from the field, two of four from three, five assists, two turnovers. Like that's a good game. It's good. It's hard for me to complain about that, hard for anybody to complain about that, so I'm not really going to. I do think that there is there's room for improvement there, and it's one of the reasons maybe why Denver signed Reggie Jackson. One of the reasons why, when they get back Jamal Murray, that maybe Bruce Brown plays 20 to 25 minutes a game as opposed to 25 to 30. And there will be opportunities for other guys. There will also be opportunities for Bruce Brown as other guys continue to sit. He'll continue to start in their place, whether it's Michael Porter, KZP, Jamal Murray. He's going to have plenty of opportunity. There's no doubt about that, but should be interesting. Um, I think that his defense has dropped off a little bit, but he has these moments throughout the game where he's just pestering. He's just under the skin of whoever he's guarding and chasing them down, making them feel uncomfortable. And for him to consistently be able to do that, that's really, really good. So. Hopefully that continues. Uh, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't, but Denver could probably stand to get him him some off time as well because as an effort player, you got to have him fresh. So hopefully this all-star break is good for him too. All right, last guy, Vlako Chanchar, 24 minutes, 12 points, 5 of 9. He started in place of Aaron Gordon tonight. Obviously, Bruce Brown starts in place of Jamal Murray. Murray, I'll, I'll talk about that in the third segment when we talk about Reggie. Uh, Aaron Gordon tonight, it was more of a, I think this was more of a maintenance kind of thing where he got hit in the ribs and probably hurts. And he's just like, I, I, I think we can win against Charlotte and I'd like to take a day off. That seems pretty reasonable to me. Vlaco in his place, I thought played pretty well. There were a couple of times where he was out of position when Denver was defending inbound passes. Uh, PJ Washington, I thought had a really good game. And he was the main matchup against P.J. Washington for most of the night. So something to at least monitor and think about there. But Blacko's good. Like he just fits in. He does a lot of things. He does a lot of things well. And I like the way that he plays when he starts. 
I think that he fits into the starting lineup pretty well because he plays off of Jokic pretty well. Really good stuff. Had a couple back cuts tonight for layups, including an and one. Uh, just knows what he's doing. And that's the most important thing when you're with Jokic. Like you have to know how to move. You have to know how to cut. He had a couple possessions that there were misses. I remember one in particular where he runs pick and roll and then throws a cross court pass wide open to KCP, who bricks a three. But it's good action. It's really good stuff. And for him to be able to do that as a six foot eight, six foot nine forward, that's pretty cool. Like it's it's a nice weapon to be able to have. So hopefully that continues. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully it doesn't continue that much, but if he can do that with the second unit too, that'd be great. Hopefully Aaron Gordon's back. Everybody wants that too. So either way, why don't we take a break? When we come back, we are going to go over the current bench lineup, what was going on tonight and, and everything that went in with that. But first, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Superbook features the best menu of prop bets in the business. Plus, check out their special odds, boosts, and promotions at Superbook.com. You know that the Super Bowl is coming up. I'm not even supposed to say Super Bowl, but I'll say the final drive for championship is here. and The football title tilts like what they have shared with me. That's what I'm supposed to say, but I'm going to say this anyway. Um, Superbook is doing that. They are helping you out. And with over three decades of odds-making experience in Las Vegas, there's no better place to wager than at Superbook Sports. Win some money as one lucky team wins the championship. Download the Superbook Sports app today. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call get into the bench units. Uh, bench lineup for tonight was that one. Ishmith, KCP staggering with the starter, or from the starting unit to the second unit. Christian Brown, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan. Look, uh, Thomas Bryant was available. He was here. He played the final two minutes of the game. DeAndre Jordan played instead tonight, and I'm not really surprised. Apparently, Thomas Bryant got there at around, like, I don't know, three... 3 p.m. Eastern, and the game started at 7. Uh, he got to the hotel, actually, at 3 p.m. Eastern, and then bust over to the game immediately and laced on some, uh, put on some gear, laced up his sneakers, and got onto the court and got some jumpers. So he hasn't been able to really interact with the team at all so far, so I'm not really surprised that they decided to go this direction with DeAndre Jordan. This actually is probably one of the final times that DeAndre is going to play, for being honest. So... If Smith goes in place of Jamal Murray, because Bruce Brown is in the starting lineup, KCP staggers, Christian Brown's out there, Jeff Green's out there because Flacco Chanchar is in the starting lineup for Aaron Gordon. So we'll talk about what the rotation is going to look like going forward, but I thought this was an interesting way to go, interesting look. Not a lot of offense with this group, but we move, we try to figure it out. I think the guy to talk about, though, is Christian Brown, who I think continues to Make a case for more and more playing time with the way that he operates, with the way that he plays. Lamella Ball was fine tonight. He had some good minutes against the starters. 
but I did not think he had a lot of good minutes against the bench. LaMelo Ball tonight had 18 points and 12 assists. He was minus five, uh, four turnovers. He nearly had a triple-double with nine rebounds too, but his efficiency wasn't very good. And I like what Christian Brown did when he was matched up with him. thought that he did some good things in that matchup. Now, Gordon Hayward, I thought Gordon Hayward actually took advantage of Christian Brown and, and Gordon Hayward used his size pretty well in that particular matchup. But look, you're, you're not going to win all of them. All you have to do if you're Christian Brown is continue to fight and continue to work hard in those matchups and make things as difficult for those guys as possible. And uh, Gordon Hayward was 7 of 8 at one point, finishes 9 of 18 because he A, tired out, and B, the shots were just a little bit more difficult between what uh, Michael Porter, Vlako Chanchar, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, what those guys were doing on a consistent basis in the second half as opposed to the first. So that's a good sign. That's a good sign for what Denver had to do. Uh, Joe says CB is a freaking beast. And yeah, man, like I do think those four steals and the way that he was picking apart the passing lanes, that's really great. That's exactly what you need. Uh, I have I have it as four assists and a turnover because I'm dumb. That's supposed to read four steals. And four steals in one game is really, really impressive. Uh, Christian Brown had, yeah, 27 minutes, 11 points, seven rebounds, and four steals. Uh, and he had a couple pick sixes as well. Those are the ones where, yeah, I think John says this too. Every time he gets in the game, CB immediately steals and dunks the ball. Those are my favorite plays, and that's a Gary Harris special, right? That's one of the things that Nuggets fans remember so fondly about Gary Harris, where when he is trying to, when he either goes through a pick and roll or goes through a DHO, he's defending off ball and then jumps the gap and immediately breaks up a pass or deflects the ball and then is off to the races and just it's a free two points. And for Christian Brown to be able to rack up those, those are so valuable because they're such momentum killers for the opposing team. If you can do that on a consistent basis, then holy cow, like that's a really, really important thing for the defensive end. You want to make teams work hard on offense and so that you can do it easily on defense. Uh, that's it. Or you, you can do it easily on offense on the other end. That's You want to work easy on offense and hard on defense. That's, that's I think, where I'm trying to go with that. Uh, but no, Christian Brown, he's he's growing, right? This is really good minutes for him. Without Aaron Gordon, without Jamal Murray, who are the guys that you trust off the bench? Christian Brown, I think, is leveled into that. 27 minutes for Christian Brown. And, and there was an opportunity for KCP to come back into the game. About, like, I don't know, five minutes left. Christian Brown just stayed out there. There was no reason to put KCP back in that game. There was just no reason at all. Like, the way that he was playing, the way that he was defending, switching on to LaMelo, Actually, he was guarding LaMelo, but switching on to other guys as well, it's just so big. And to have a guy with his versatility as a, as a defender, that's what you need in order to guard in the playoffs. And I know the Charlotte Hornets are not the playoffs. Like This is the furthest thing from it. But Christian Brown is going to get a crash course here. He's going to play a whole heck of a lot over the course of the, the rest of the season. And the goal of this is to get him ready so that he can play as often as the Nuggets need him to in the playoffs, whether they need to take Christian Brown off the floor or Bruce Brown off the floor or 
Uh, Ish Smith can't play. What, what am I like? KCP has to sit out because he rolls an ankle, something like that. You have to have flexibility. And for Christian Brown to be able to get this opportunity, that is a really, really exciting thing for these Nuggets. So good stuff from Christian Brown tonight. Jeff Green, uh, talk about it for a little bit. I thought that, look, Jeff Green's working really hard and, or kind of. Let me, let me rephrase that. I have a lot of sympathy for Jeff right now because he's in a really tough spot. He's in, he's coming back from this hand injury and I think that he can see the writing on the wall here that Vlacko's probably going to play over him when the playoffs come, when the, the second half of the season comes. He's probably going to get passed over and that's fine. There, like Denver has to build the best possible rotation that they can. The good thing about Jeff Green is that he's a veteran who understands how these things work, who can fill in when need be, but doesn't necessarily have to play a ton. Unfortunately, Jeff has become a liability shooting the basketball. When he's cutting, he's been pretty good. When he gets an easy opportunity around the basket, that's that's cake. When he's shooting the basketball and when he's asked to, like when they kick it out to him for three, or when they uh, give him the ball with five seconds left and he's standing on the three-point line as opposed to at the rim, that's a tough spot to be in. Like, he can't really create those shots out of nothing anymore like he like he used to for a long time for his career. So I also think that he's just really slowing down defensively. There were some good moments tonight, especially against Gordon Hayward and P.J. Washington. I thought that he matched those minutes as, as reasonably as he could be asked to. Uh, but in general, I just don't think that he's going to be a major piece for Denver. And right now, he's just kind of filling in the gaps. And that's fine. Like, you need somebody to do that, especially while Aaron Gordon is out, especially if Jamal Murray is out. You need some stability there. But with Thomas Bryant coming back, hopefully Zeke Naji gets back here relatively soon too. Denver's going to have a logjam. They, they suddenly have too many bodies as opposed to not enough bodies in the front court. So that's always been kind of a question mark. So hopefully Michael Malone can get through that. Going to take the all-star break. He'll be coaching up Team LeBron. but. After that, he'll probably be hanging out for a while trying to figure out what the best thing for him to do is and what the best thing for the Nuggets to do is. And I just think it's probably not going to be Jeff. And that's okay. If Smith, 21 minutes tonight, don't let that field goal percentage number, uh, don't let it throw you. I thought that Ish had a pretty good game. And I think that there are some moments that you have to look at with Ish where he's pushing tempo, he's setting the offense up. He is taking charges on Mark Williams or whoever the the center was that he took a charge on. He is grabbing rebounds, which uh, five rebounds for the guy that's the smallest on the court is a big deal. Eight assists is a really big deal as well and had just one turnover. I think it was actually, it was Dennis Smith Jr. who is a great defender, like actually surprisingly great. Uh, But I think Ish Smith navigated it reasonably well. And did Dennis Smith Jr. have a great game? Yeah, he had a pretty good game. Pretty good game for him. Uh, but Ish held down the fort. Definitely needed to, needed somebody who could set the table, needed somebody who could be that playmaker, that facilitator for everybody else. Had several lobs to DeAndre Jordan and really set him up for dunks, uh, easy shots around the rim, and made sure that Jeff Green got some opportunities. Christian Brown in transition. Jokic, like he got a lot of opportunities Ish was a part of what Denver did. 
and for him to consistently do that is very, very important for this Nuggets team. So glad Ish is, a- is able to do that. We'll talk about Reggie Jackson in the third segment. I think that he's probably going to make Ish, Ish minutes obsolete, but we're just going to have to see. And last one before we hit a break, we'll talk about Reggie Jackson on the other side. DeAndre Jordan, uh, this will probably be his final minutes as well. Thomas Bryant was just signed. He's going to be a part of things. DeAndre Jordan in 12 minutes had four dunks, which was good, but he had four rebounds, one assist, one block, three turnovers, five fouls is not good. Those are those are some bad minutes, and he had some bad moments where uh, between him, between Jeff Green, there were a couple of minutes where, where Christian Brown got cooked at various points or Ish Smith got cooked at various points. The bench didn't look great. They were able to hold it together because it's the Charlotte Hornets, but you need more talent, and that is why Denver got went out and got Reggie Jackson and Thomas Bryant and guys like that. And I don't think that you're going to have to see much of DeAndre Jordan in the second in the second half of the season. Like after the All Star break, I feel pretty strongly that he's just going to be on the pine. Uh, Denver wouldn't have traded three second round picks, and they wouldn't have. Uh, done what they did if they didn't have a plan to try to uh, just add Thomas Bryant into the fold. Uh, Michael Malone said that he was very involved in the process. And if he was involved in the process, then I think Calvin Booth knows, okay, he's going to probably play him. So we'll get to that in just a little bit here. But DeAndre, uh, he had a nice block. There was a nice block against Nick Richards in the post. Thought that was good. And he had some really nice dunks tonight where you just needed somebody to really set the tone. And he definitely set the tone. And it wasn't perfect. And that's why you see the minus six there. But I do think that DeAndre Jordan deserves credit for rising to the occasion on sometimes. On the court, he's not going to do a whole heck of a lot. But off the court, he has been spectacular. It's why you keep hearing about it from just about everybody. So hopefully this is kind of the the end of the DeAndre Jordan on the court experience because I think the Nuggets can really benefit from just improving on that front. And I think they did. So let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about Reggie Jackson, the newest Denver Nugget. We'll be right back. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let me drink a glass of water real quick. All right. Let's talk Reggie. Let us talk Reggie Jackson. Sham Sharania just notified at about 9 o'clock tonight, so like an hour before I went to live, that Denver is going to sign Reggie Jackson after he uh, does a buyout for Charlotte. He was traded as part of the deal that sent Mason Plumley to the Clippers. And rather than stay with the Hornets, he is going to agree to terms with the buyout and the Nuggets are going to sign him. And that's an exciting thing. That should be a great thing for the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets are excited about that. And I think everybody should be. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, hurricane. Not sure why everyone is excited about a right fielder that's in his 60s. That's fair. Uh, fortunately, there's one who's actually in this era that has been a very helpful playoff player at times. You know, uh, Reggie also has, he has a couple nicknames on, um, 
<coughs> excuse me. He has a couple nicknames on basketball reference called Mr. June, which I think is a reference to Mr. October and just the the namesake that he has. And Big Government. I need to come I need to figure out why he's called Big Government. That is a that is an interesting nickname. And I've I've heard Matt uh Matt Moore talk about that. We need to know why big government. I, I need the, I need that story in the comments if you guys have it. That would be great. Um, but big government is a great nickname. And uh, Todd Houston also says, Reggie has hit some clutch shots. And I agree, man. Like, it's not always perfect. But I do think that in that series against, uh, against the Utah Jazz, it was back in 2020-21. Reggie Jackson was so big. When Paul George or when Kawhi Leonard went down, he was a really, really important piece for stabilizing. And he was just, he averaged some crazy numbers in that playoff series, in that playoff year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, last time he didn't play in the playoffs last year, but because uh, they didn't make the playoffs last year, but he averaged uh, 18 a game, 3.4 assists, just 1.5 turnovers, had shot 48% from the field and 41% from three. 7.53 attempts per game. That's crazy. Like that's a crazy, crazy number. And his effective field goal percentage in the playoffs is actually really good. Like the dude shoots well. And he seems to me like a very, very important player uh, for Denver to add to the fold. Somebody who knows what he is going to do, then Denver knows what they're going to get from him. Reggie's 32 years old. He's going to turn 33 here. In a couple of months, uh, his birthday is April 16th. Uh, and as was noted earlier, uh, Hurricane says uh, he's from Colorado Springs, was born in Cheyenne Mountain Base. Uh, he also went to Palmer High School. So he's been around and he's he's a Colorado guy. And that's kind of cool to have, to have a little bit of a homecoming here. Uh, Reggie should be, he should at least be happy to be home or, or at least to, or familiar in a place where he grew up. So that should be pretty cool. I'll be interested to ask about that when that comes up. Um, Hurricane asks, "What do you th- or why do you think they chose him over Russ and Pat? What are your thoughts on this?" I think that Reggie Jackson's just a better player than both of those guys. For one, I think that Russell Westbrook is one of the most harmful players when it comes to his style of play, his demand of the basketball, and his lack of defense. I think with Reggie Jackson, he at least he competes on that end. He'll make some mistakes, but when he is focused, he actually like does stuff. With Russ, like he is such an aggressive player on both ends of the floor that he makes a lot of mistakes, just a lot of them. And he's so unreliable in that regard that I know that Reggie Jackson can at least scale down. You've seen what he can do scaling down next to the Clippers, where Sometimes he has to play a role next to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Sometimes he has to play a larger role when those guys are off the floor and he can handle the basketball a little bit. I don't think Denver's ever going to put him into a position where he has to carry the entire load, where he has to do everything for this Nuggets team and for this Nuggets bench. Like There might be minutes during the regular season where they're just trying to work guys in. They're trying not to cut any minutes. They're Maybe he plays with. Uh, well, actually, I guess we can talk about that. Let's let's move now to what the ideal regular season rotation looks like. What does this look like with Reggie Jackson? Like now that you have Reggie Jackson and Thomas Bryant 
I want to hear from the people in the comments too. What who would you play? Who would you play off the bench? What would be your ideal bench lineup? And would you be staggering? Like I think that's a big question in all of this, but I think Denver I think that they would like to play 10 guys going forward in the second half. I think that they would prefer to not overplay Jamal Murray. This right knee inflammation has got me a little bit nervous uh, because if you remember Derek Rose's injury, uh, when he first tore his ACL, it was bad. It was a really, really, really bad time. And it was a it was very difficult, but when he came back, there was a lot of hope. There was a lot of excitement. And then he tore his other knee. He hurt his other knee and was also out after that because of a compensation injury. So when I hear compensation with Jamal, I get a little bit nervous because that means that there's a lot of pressure being put onto that knee right now. And the inflammation is it's it's a little bit irritated. It's a little bit red. It's a little bit uh uh, in the red in terms of the actual energy and physical level. So if I were Denver, I would not be staggering Jamal that much. I would instead try to play Reggie. I'd play Reggie Jackson. I'd play Bruce Brown. I'd play Christian Brown. I'd play Vlaco Chanchar. And I'd play Thomas Bryant. That would be my group. That would be, uh, yeah, George actually has it right here. That's great. I would not stagger. Uh, I, I think there's a there's a general sense of that in the comment section as well. The stagger is going to be important for the playoffs. And one thing that Denver is going to have to figure out is if Jamal and Reggie Jackson can play together. Can they operate at the same time? Can they uh, do what Bones and Jamal could not, where they kind of fit in a little bit around each other? I think that Reggie Jackson can because he has more experience. He knows what he's supposed to do in those situations. Whether it actually works or not remains to be seen, but I do think that it wouldn't be surprising to me, at least, if Denver decided to sit Jamal for a while, play him 25 to 30 minutes for a while, maybe not play him a whole bunch of minutes, and then ramp up his minutes a little bit for uh, the rest of the season. Casey asks, would it be smart to sit Jamal until after the All-Star break? It's only two games. So if Jamal is feeling good enough, then great. If he's not, then uh, it's not a big deal to just sit him. I think that Denver could get away with sitting him for sure. They are playing Miami, and then they are playing Dallas. Miami is one where Denver can win against Miami uh, just by playing through Jokic. And like it would be better to have... Uh, Jamal against Miami, that's for sure. But is it necessary? No, no, not at all. I think that they're playing him against Miami. They're playing against Dallas. Uh, having Bruce Brown in the starting lineup against Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, not the worst thing in the world. So just have another guy, have another defensive player. So we'll see what it looks like. But I do think that that's at least a possibility, Casey, that you potentially sit him. But I think. One of the guys that's going to be on the outside looking in is Zeke. Also, Rich, what is this? Jamal should be traded during the offseason? No. No, he should not be. Like, he's been really good. Like, why would why would they do that? No. <laughs> the dude is 
the closest thing that the Nuggets have to an all-star. And I, I know everybody loves Aaron Gordon and loves what he does to fit in, but Jamal is an all-star. You just haven't seen him in the playoffs in a while. So, look, I think um, – where was I at? Zeke is going to be the guy who has a little bit of a step back in terms of his minutes. Thomas Bryant is going to be out there. Thomas Bryant is going to be your main pick-and-roll guard, uh, pick-and-roll big. Reggie Jackson going to be your main pick-and-roll guard, but Bruce Brown can do some secondary stuff for sure. I think that Denver at this stage is really well set up for the rest of the regular season. Really well set up for uh, Reggie Jackson to come and run some pick-and-roll with Thomas Bryant. That's going to feel a little bit weird. It's going to be like, man, what is uh, what is everything else? What like everybody else kind of on the side of that? They're not necessarily even other. There be more support guys. But what I think has really come to light over like this season and and just kind of in how Denver's built around Jokic for a while, they built players and put players in that have. They have really been surrounding Jokic, and they play Jokic ball. But when Jokic ball is not an option, when Jokic is off the floor, what do those guys do? How do they operate? Jamal has figured out how to do that a little bit better so far this season. He's probably the guy who can do a little bit more than just about anybody in terms of creating for everybody. I think that the other guys, Reggie Jackson and Thomas Bryant, are going to be super helpful for just running other actions that can get Denver through the rest of this regular season. And that'll be great. Just being able to, like Reggie can go off for 20 points uh, for the second unit. There's no doubt in my mind that he can do that. It's not even going to be that hard. Like the dude will just run, pick and roll. And if he's open for pull-up jumpers, he can hit those. If he's passing to Thomas Bryant, Thomas Bryant can roll to the rim. And if Reggie's shooting... Thomas Bryant's going to get offensive rebounds. He's a better, more physical player, I think, than a lot of guys that Denver have. So I think that that's going to be one thing. Um, Second thing, how different are the regular season and playoff rotations? That's still a big question. By that time, assuming that everybody's healthy, I know that that's a big assumption for Denver. I think that Jokic is going to play about 36 a night, 36 to 38. He's not going to have to play that much more because if he plays 36 to 38 hard minutes, Denver should be okay. If he plays 42 hard minutes every game, those minutes on the end are going to be a little bit less. They're going to be a little bit more worse for wear. So Denver keeping his minutes relatively down is probably a good idea. Uh, And now if they have Thomas Bryant or if they have Reggie Jackson or Jamal Murray back and having guys that can operate outside of those means while still playing smart basketball, that should be better for Denver in my mind. So I'm thinking Jokic goes 36, Jamal goes 36 to 38, staggering with the second unit a lot of that time. Bruce Brown will play 25 minutes. I think Michael Porter probably plays 25 minutes. I don't think he plays 30 anymore. I think that there's absolutely a possibility that he plays 25. Or maybe he plays 35 if he's got it going and if he's playing well and they don't have a matchup that necessarily kills him. But I think there's at least a strong possibility that Christian Brown gets more minutes, that 
when they're in a situation where they need to defend. Maybe Christian Brown's out there in some of those minutes and they actually don't go back to Michael Porter at various points. Obviously, you have the Murray, KCP, Brown, Gordon, Jokic lineup that they always like, and they can go to that one pretty consistently to close games. Or you go to Christian Brown, and that will probably throw some people out of whack, and maybe that's not the right thing to do, but I do think that Denver at some points, they're going to need to go with big defenders, big wing defenders. Christian Brown is probably the main guy to do that. So they're at least going to learn. They're at least going to figure that out. I think that a guy like Reggie Jackson, we're just going to have to see what he looks like before he actually plays. Like He might play 20 minutes per game in the playoffs. He might play 10. He might play zero. Like We just don't know. And maybe, uh, maybe that sort of depends on how he plays when he plays in the regular season. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be a pretty helpful player, whether it's actually uh, what Denver needs, whether it's the exact role that Denver needs to fill. I don't know. But what I do know is that if they do stagger Murray, then the mentality that they've had with either Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, or KCP playing next to those guys off the bench, they might play Zeke Naji a little bit more in the playoffs. They might play him more than Thomas Bryant. They might want to go with that switchable, defensive-minded second unit and just have Jamal Murray try to carry things. They can do that. And the fact that they can, I think, bodes well for their playoff hopes, whether they actually do that or if they go more offensive or if they Maybe they take Murray off entirely and they play Aaron Gordon and KCP. And they have those guys play with Reggie Jackson, Bruce Brown, and I don't know, Thomas Bryant. There are ways that Denver can configure this. And it's going to look a lot different. It's going to be a lot of experimentation in the regular season to try to figure out what works best in the playoffs. Michael Malone's not great at experimentation. He likes to do different things. But then he also hates when those things go wrong and tries to go back to what went well. So I hope he realizes that he's not coaching for his job in the regular season. He's coaching for his job in the playoffs. And the best opportunity for Denver in the regular season is to find out what Reggie Jackson and Thomas Bryant can do. What are they going to do to help? How are they going to change things? What is the best lineup that you can put out there? I don't think it includes Jeff Green. I don't think it includes DeAndre Jordan. I don't think it includes Ish Smith over Reggie Jackson, but we could find out. It might be it might be completely different than everybody thinks. So the goal for this for this the rest of this regular season is to get through it healthy, is to figure out those rotations, and then ramp up those minutes. Jokic plays 38, 36 to 38. Murray plays about the same. Gordon plays about the same. KCP plays about the same. I've done this math before. If you have all of those guys, let's say they all play 35 minutes. That means 140 minutes. That means you have 100 minutes left in your playoff rotation to play Michael Porter, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Reggie Jackson, Zeke Naji, Thomas Bryant, Flacco Chanchar, and I don't know who else. but. Jeff Green. There's a lot of different ways that Denver can go, but the good news is that they have options. And now it's up to Michael Malone and the coaching staff to really figure out what those mean. So should be good. 
I'm excited to figure this out. Welcome to Denver, Reggie Jackson, big government. We're going to have to figure out exactly what that is. But for now, I think that is going to do it on this episode of Pickaxe. Actually, we'll, we'll, we'll answer this really quick. Is Reggie a liability on defense? He can be when he's being posted up by Luka Doncic, when he's being posted up by bigger players. That's going to be a problem. If he gets switched on to Devin Booker or Chris Paul, not really. If he gets switched on to Kevin Durant, absolutely. So going to have to figure it out. It's going to be a problem. But the good news is that Denver has an opportunity to figure that out. And they are in a great place. Oh, Trevor says the Kings just beat the Mavs. Cool. Like we are. I need to worry about the Mavs. What are we talking about? Come on now. Nuggets are fine in the West. We don't need to worry about Phoenix. Nuggets are fine in the West. Should be great. All right, folks. I think that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the podcast. I really appreciate the love. Really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I think everybody at this place, uh, at, we are at this stage where it's just going to be a lot of fun. The rest of the regular season is going to be a lot of fun. Get to enjoy the process. I wish there was somebody else on the All-Star team for Denver. I wish that it was Aaron Gordon or Jamal Murray or somebody like that. They're all deserving. I, I don't think anybody needs to be told twice on that here, but I think Denver is at a good spot. Should be a lot of fun. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support. Give this a like. Give this a like. Subscribe to the podcast if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're watching this or listening to this on the podcast side of things, go give me a a follow on that side of things and maybe a rating and review. Those are always super, super helpful. Everybody, got Reggie Jackson. Should be fun. Thank you so much. Have a good day.